Okay, so one of my biggest goals this season is to get comfortable planning my route for a backcountry trip. I had a friend point out recently that I am very knowledgeable and I help make navigation decisions and snow safety decisions when we're actually out in the backcountry. But when it comes to that pre-planning aspect, opening up a map, choosing where we're going to go, I usually let other people kind of take the reins. And I realized that that is a huge safety flaw in my knowledge and experience. And it's something that I want to work on. So I'm super pumped that our uh, podcast sponsor on X is helping me realize those bad bitch dreams. And I think their app is freaking dope and an awesome tool to help chicks feel and other people feel everybody feel more confident and independent uh, when it comes to making those decisions and participating group safety. It's, it's basically a guidebook in your pocket that's intuitive and super easy to use because we all hate an app that doesn't work since we're addicted to convenience. Um, The premium subscription gives you access to offline GPS that allows you to save maps and locate yourself in the terrain you're in to make sure you're en route, which is awesome because I am so geographically challenged. Um, There's over 10,000 guide quality routes with descriptions and photos. You can slope shade, group plan, place waypoints, and view the landscape in 3D topo satellite, hybrid base maps. You also have access to other information like forecasts, land boundaries, recreation points, historic avalanche data. It's freaking bananas, all the stuff you get in there. But yeah, the the premium subscription is only $29 a year, which is so freaking cheap. And with the discount code that we have today, you get 20% off of that. So if you're scared of commitment like me, you can sign into a seven-day free trial. So you can definitely give it a go and make your mind up later. It's super freaking easy peasy. And yeah, these guys are just making access to information a lot more uh reachable, like reducing barriers and making sure it's easy for everybody to kind of use these tools. But yeah, if you're into it, you can head to their website, www.onxmaps.com. And you can use our discount code out of bounds for 20% off the premium subscription. And like I said, they've got that seven day free tile. So you can run away from commitment. Tally ho, no, before you go, my dude, safety looks good on you. Asama dudes, it is Monday, and I feel like I don't even have to tell you what that means because we've been at this for a hot minute now. But thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Big Stick Energy coming at you live on the Out of Bounds Collective. Uh, my name is Tori Anderson. You can find me at Tori Aelina on Instagram, and I'm here with my co-host and best friend for life, Renee McCurdy. You can find her at Renee McCurds. On Instagram, we are two of five co-founders of the Womb Tang brand and are super stoked to be doing this podcast series and big plans for what it's going to be in the future. Um, If you feel so graciously inclined, as I've said previously, any type of review, dad joke, anything on the platform you're currently listening on really helps us kind of manipulate those algorithms that run our lives and push this content forward. And we just really appreciate the support and feedback because we want to make the best show we possibly can. And, you know, constructive criticism is great. It helps us be the best we can be. Um, So if you feel up to it, leave us a five-star review, one star. It's up to you, my dudes. Freaking send it. In other words and news, today we are interviewing Addie Jacobson. Um, Addie has been blowing up in the online kind of social media space, creating content that really challenges harmful stereotypes and popular culture that exists in the outdoor and ski industry. So um, we wanted to get her on to talk about her experience, where her journey started with making that content and where it's kind of going for the near future. But she brings up some really important topics about growing up in the industry, ski racing, um, you know, very validating perspectives and I guess educated opinions on what it's like to do that and what it looks like to kind of deconstruct a lot of those barriers. So really good conversation with her. It was a pleasure to have her on today and she's got some really cool ski projects coming out. So I'm going to keep this intro as short and quick as possible and we're going to get into the episode. I hope you're having a great Monday. This is another episode of Big Stick Energy dropping in three, two, one. Um, so my name is Addie Jacobson. I currently live in Park City, Utah, ski mostly at Snowbird and Alta. Um, first and foremost, a free ride skier 
competing on the Freeride World Qualifier Tour. I also like to think that I am a content creator, mountain biker, and a river guide. Those are things that fill the rest of my time up when I'm not skiing. Sick. How long have you been uh, like doing the guiding portion of things? Um, well, I river guide in the summers on super mellow rivers in Utah, and I've done that since I graduated high school. Um, I've been mountain biking for almost three years. Absolutely fell in love with that. Compliment skiing very well. <laughs> I love both of those summer sports, but skiing always wins in my heart as my number one hobby. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how long have you been out of high school for? I graduated high school in 2017 and yeah, I don't know, like five years, I guess. So how, I'm really bad at math. Ask my boyfriend about my rent debacle. That was awkward with the roommate. Um, how old does that make you? <laughs> I'm 22. You're 22. Okay. Yeah. So. Thank you. <laughs> I could have said that. I, I didn't know if that was no. important. It's okay. It's giving me more questions. To it's not really, but I was just like trying to calculate it in my head and it was not going well. So thank you for filling in the gaps. So yes, of course. <laughs> happy to. <laughs> okay, sweet. So you've been, um, did you have experience growing up on the river or was that kind of a new space that you entered right after high school? Um, I entered it after high school. I was just looking for a summer job. Can't believe someone decided to hire me as a river guide with no previous experience, but it was a pretty mellow river and just kind of fell in love with that. And I've been doing it since, but um, real river guides might not... <laughs> might consider me not a real river guide, whatever that means, just because I've only ever guided on class two, three rivers, and I've never really been on any river trips. I've only ever been on the rivers I guided on. So I'm definitely not super in that world. I just love working and taking families out on boats and having fun and... Sick. Yeah. Well, what does that look like for you moving forward? Like, do you see yourself pushing into guiding and skiing? Because that's like your passion, or do you want to um like develop that like what are your kind of future goals within the outdoor industry um I don't see myself necessarily getting on skis I'm definitely more passionate about skiing in resort than I am out of it I love to take photos and film and mostly just compete and so I guess my end goal would be to make a living at least in the winter by skiing so that's the direction we're headed in whether that's through like media or competing, I don't even care. I love them both. So just trying to ski. We love skiing. <laughs> we love How skiing. could you not? <laughs> um, so when did you start your ski journey then? Yeah, so I actually started skiing when I was about nine years old. And by the time I was 12, I was like begging my parents to be on a ski team. So they put me on the Sundance ski team in Utah. The whole team was like maybe 12 kids back when I started. And that kind of went into me ski racing. And I moved to Sun Valley, Idaho to ski race in high school. And then it was going to be a little difficult for me financially to continue ski racing after high school. So I remember when I graduated I had heard about free ride skiing and I did some research. I was like, hmm, I wonder if any universities have free ride teams um, and Googled it and told me that Western Colorado University did. And I'm going to Colorado to ski. So I ended up going to Western and joining their free ride team. And we trained at Crested Butte Mountain Resort. And so, yeah, I guess I started doing free ride comps and this I think it's going to be my fifth season doing it, which is sounds outrageous. Maybe I'm doing the math wrong now. <laughs> it's okay. One plus two equals three quick maths. You know, we're just <laughs> doing our best out here. <laughs> I just, I don't think I'm that old. It can't be. <laughs> oh God. Okay. You said you're 22. Uh -huh. I'm 28. So is Renee. So you're like this young energetic thing I'm like I'm old <laughs> I wasn't calling you old I don't think I'm old either I just am blown away that high school is so long ago yes I well yeah. I was 10 years out of high school this year <laughs> yeah. that's crazy 
So I also just graduated university, but for my last semester, I got an additional grant from the government for being old, <laughs> aka being out of high school for 10 years and going to university. Apparently, I'm part of a mature student base that's trying to better themselves. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I was like, I will also accept all the, the money for being old and yep. Yeah, of course. Well, congratulations. I'm very proud of you. Thank you so much. Took a while. It took a seven-year gap to ski, but we got there. So there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, that's sick. Have you... Uh, man, I have so many questions. I want to know yeah. about like growing up ski racing, moving into freeride, how that was different. Renee, what do you think we should hit first? Um, should we just move chronologically i like i love talking about free ride because i've done a bunch of comps too so i like part of me is like go straight to the free ride but i think we have to we have to start from the beginning because yeah. obviously like you have to have a basis somewhere before you can enter a comp like you don't just decide you're gonna do that one day out of the blue well maybe you do because i don't know i kind of did I also think like your generation maybe growing up skiing like it, it'd be interesting to see if it's different from what my generation was like right or if it's the exact same because freaking skiing's old boys club it just like teaches you what to believe about yourself and about others and our place in the industry so yeah it'd be cool to hear about that well, sure you call it a different generation and it's only five years <laughs> I'm still old. Okay, I'm going to get off the topic that I'm old. Anyways. <laughs> oh, okay. Now I'm supposed to talk about it, huh? <laughs> Sounds <Yep>. good. So, <laughs> I guess... Woo -woo. Sorry. Um, so, I did start racing a little bit late as far as ski racing goes. I didn't do my first races till I was probably 13 years old. So it was kind of hard going head on into that space with all these kids who've been on race skis since they were four years old. And so it felt like all the way through high school, like this crazy game of catch up and like trying to prove to everyone around me that I was like worthy to be there and knew how to ski. And there was just a crazy dynamic in ski racing and some of the things I wanted to like focus on about growing up ski racing is just like, especially what it's like being a girl in that sport. Um, in ski racing, it's not like more men or women really do it, but as skiing as a whole, obviously is a male dominated sport. And so you go into it thinking that, okay, well, I'm a skier. And, and that means that I like traditionally boy things. And I need to be, uh, I guess the word is, a little bit more of a tomboy than some of the girls around me. Um, so I definitely took that on. By the time I was like 14, I was like completely, absolutely over girly things. I was not gonna be caught dead wearing a pink ski coat or anything along those lines. And I was always just trying to somewhat prove that I was like strong enough and talented enough to be in that skiing space. And so that became a pretty big battle for me. And when I got into high school, I guess never mind, we'll skip that. But that's kind of my ski racing journey. There's not a lot to it. It was more just trying to find my place and feeling like I never quite fit in, even though I knew I had to because skiing was like my number one passion and the thing I cared about more than anything in the world. So, yeah. And um, how did that go then to shift into free ride like I'm, I'm curious like what the differences you see in that ski racing foundation which would have made you a very strong skier like a very good technical skier but if there's any cultural differences or like differences in your feeling of belonging in that versus free ride which like maybe has a little bit more freedom of expression and you might not have the same rules that you're abiding by but I think there are still like some parallels between the two yeah I definitely think when I made the switch from ski racing to free ride that I was going into something that was more authentic to me I wish I knew free ride existed before that um just because in ski racing um not everyone who races necessarily is like a prissy rich kid by any means I know that's just like that is a stereotype 
Um, but it was hard to be in that space as someone I did not, I did not, I was struggled financially, I guess is the best way to put it. My family did not have all the money to put me through ski racing. It was just like all fueled by passion. And so in that space, I was always trying to like fit in with the girls who had like all of the equipment, everything they needed and all the support they could ever want to set them up for success. And so I was coming in like wearing gear that I had thrifted and using hand-me-down skis from some of the other girls and just never felt like I fit into that space at all. Um, even though I wanted to, I was trying desperately to fit into that space. And so then breaking into free ride definitely was like, Oh, okay. This is what I am super passionate about. This is why I'm like missing race starts to ski powder. I have that traditional story you hear over and over again, where obviously I was in the wrong sport. I just didn't know it. Um, and so when I got into free ride, I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. There's so much freedom to this. I can ski the way I want to ski. Um, but then all of a sudden was hit by this like wall of you don't, you, you think you fit in, but you still don't because this is how things are done in free ride, which is kind of crazy. I don't know. I think a lot of it was like built in my brain. But when I first came in to freeride skiing, it felt to me like all of the girls around me were like super serious and that if I somehow skied with them, like we wouldn't have a good time and we wouldn't push each other at all. I came in with so many limiting beliefs and like none of these were real. But I thought if I skied with girls, I wasn't going to be good enough. I needed to be skiing with the guys if I wanted to push myself and send big airs and so on. And that if I was like taking the sport seriously, I was doing it wrong because we're just here to have fun and all that kind of stuff, which was just super crazy because I had so many ideas about what I was supposed to be as a free ride skier that it just took me a really long time to figure out that it didn't matter at all what I was, how I skied, what kind of light, lines I like to ski, who I skied with, what I wore while I was skiing or anything. None of that mattered. But for some reason, when I broke into that new space, I thought all of it did. Yeah. We like, that's a, a topic we love to figure out because when we started Womb Tang, so many chicks feel the same way. Like, why do we have this odd self-perception that we don't belong or we have to be a certain way to, like, exist in it? Have you ever considered where those belief systems came from? Yeah, I definitely have. I This is tricky. <laughs> Someone else talked first so I can think through my ideas. I'm blowing it. No, You're it's okay. definitely not blowing it. <laughs> no, it's okay. We're and like, um, yeah, this is like something that Tori and I, I we, Tori and I have both done big mountain comps before. Um, and it is a really intimidating space to get into because when I did my first comp, I was told by one of my guy friends, I was skiing with him a bunch and he was really like helping me realize that free ride was even a thing because I didn't really know very many other girls who wanted to go jump off of things. And that was just like what I found that even though I hadn't skied for that long, I just like saw the guys hitting stuff and I just wanted to find my own little jumps that I could hit, even if they weren't that big. So I was riding with some of the boys and like getting into some of that bigger terrain and, and starting to progress in that way. And they were like, well, you know, there's only four girls that signed up for this comp last year. Like basically you just have to keep it on your feet and you know, you could be on the podium. I, th I think you should just sign up for it because worst case scenario, like not nothing bad is going to happen here, you know? So I did. Eight girls showed up. I crashed, <laughs> but I met so many people. And that was kind of where I got that itch a little bit is I saw what level some of these girls were at. And I was like, okay, I want to do that. Like, that's sweet. I was inspired by it and I met so many guys too at that comp that kind of took me under their wing a little bit more and I was skiing with these dudes that were like I still look up to them and they're so 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 good and I for the longest time could not believe why they would even ski with me 
I was like, these guys are so good. Why do they want to ski with me? Like, I'm really not that good yet. And I want to be, but I mean, I'm just hitting this small stuff. And that was just like my thoughts in my head, right? Like no one else is saying these things, but I'm saying these things to myself. And I think that's, that's something that all of us battle with in some space or another, but free ride, especially the way that it's structured, it can be really, really hard to get into your first FWQ event just because of the way they do their registrations. And then you show up and you're competing against people who have been doing it for years. And so it's hard not to have that intimidation factor. And it's hard not to tell yourself those things in your head that like other people are taking it so serious and like yeah. that the girls aren't competitive against each other as much as they are supportive and how to fit into that. And yeah, yeah. like. I wouldn't have done my first competition if it wasn't for Renee. I didn't think I was good enough. And I was so scared to enter the space and be against all those other girls and to do it in front of people. And she just kind of pushed me to do it. And I came like, well, third last. The only reason I was third last because the other two girls ate shit. <laughs> but I, I didn't really know, like, I didn't understand the scoring. And like, I, I still did it, but the support was unreal. And it was like, I didn't, I had the opportunity to sit down with the judge afterwards and I was like, can you explain to me like how I could improve my score or things that you saw that were my strengths or weaknesses? And he helped me a lot. And then I concussed myself. And two years later, I was able to compete again and I ended up coming fourth, which was sick. So it's like I, I could work on those things and the environment was way more welcoming. But I've always struggled with those ideas in my head that I don't belong or I have to be masculine or like I'm just recently starting to unpack my gender expression and how the industry did make me be like, I don't like flowers. I don't like butterflies. I don't like pink. I don't like purple. Purple's weakness. Like I can't show that I'm getting ready and putting on concealer before I go skiing because it makes me look weak. It's like, you know, like I have to pretend I'm looking natural faced, even though I straighten my hair a little bit and they don't need to know that. But I yes. did. it's like, <laughs> you know, like all of these little things. And it's, it has to do like, with the culture that we grow up in, like, there's a reason why we believe those things, right? Yes, so. there absolutely is. I think some of those beliefs came for me when I was ski racing, I started breaking in like more of a free skiing space, obviously not competing in it. But as I started to get outside of the race course and hitting my first cliffs and so on, it was always with my closest group of guy friends. And so in my mind that being told by them and my people around me all the time, like, oh yeah, you're just one of the guys. Like I just, I felt that. I felt like I was one of the guys. People always were telling me that. And that seemed like that's the way it had to be. And I looked around and I didn't see any other girls anywhere doing this kind of stuff. And so in my mind, it was, oh, the guys are hucking the cliffs. This is how things are done. And this is the way the guys dress when they go skiing. So I'm going to do that too to try and fit into that space and prove, I mean, deep down, I was trying to prove that, yeah, us girls could do it too, but I definitely felt like I needed to become one of the guys to be able to do those things instead of just being true to who I am and absolutely going for it. So yeah. I definitely think that's where some of that came from was being told those things and people were like proud of me for being one of the guys and to ski that way. And so it felt like that's the way it should be. And so as I started doing free ride comps and I was going to university in Colorado, I like would show up to practice and I'm like, okay, I got to get in like the guys group, like right off the bat. Every day I was trying to ski with the boys because I thought that they were going to be the ones who pushed me to be better than the rest of the girls. I like almost came into it thinking I was above a whole bunch of these other girls because I knew how to ski with the guys and look at them with their purple goggles and check out my black and red outfit. Like I'm a different, like it's embarrassing to say now, but that's kind of how I felt breaking into that space. And it took me a long time to learn that I was just like absolutely totally wrong. And some of the best days I've ever had and days where I've improved the most have been skiing with other girls. And I just can't believe it took me so long to figure that out. Even just last season, I was at Crested Butte going up to ski with one of my best girlfriends and we're riding up the lift. 
and we're both sitting there like kind of quiet and awkward and we're like talking to each other we're like yeah I don't I don't know I don't have very high expectations for today like maybe we'll get Sandy but probably not like we both in our mind were like still had that mindset of oh yeah because our guy friends aren't here we are not going to be able to send it as hard and we got after it and we like hit one of the bigger cliffs first run and then all day we're just like pushing each other to ski and it was like one of the best days ever and this was just last season that I'm still like aha oh my goodness how wrong was I like girls can empower each other and we ski better when we ski together and it's oh if she can do it I can do it and I just absolutely love that and obviously there is still plenty of good skiing with men as well but it just took me too long to learn that (laughs) honestly I don't think I started figuring out until I was like 22 either I the industry like really loves to position us against each other and it's not even just the industry it's kind of like a broader popular culture issue it kind of teaches you that women have to compete to take up space or you have to be extraordinary to belong in these masculine industries and it's a yeah, everything that you said is spot on. Like skiing with the girls is dope. I remember my first day out with a group of supportive girls and I struggled a lot with bullying when I was younger. And the uh, like the general vibe was like, oh, you're not like pretty enough or you said the wrong thing or like, I'm gonna say this behind your back. And it was like navigating those nuances of those toxic relationships. I was just like honored to be one of the boys. Like weird little fact, not appropriate at all. But the, my high school guy friends were like, you're one of the boys, like you're brogina. <laughs> and I was like, yes. it's a badge of honor, let's go. And really it wasn't. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And so it was like, I'm not one of the girls. Like, I'm not like those girls. It's like, what is those girls? Why did I think like that? Like, yes, so and it's so up. crazy. I didn't give the girls around me like even a chance. Like, I feel so bad about it now. I was just thinking that I was better than them. And that is so awful. And it came from just the way I grew up in skiing, feeling like if I was going to be good, that's the way that I needed to be, which is outrageously wrong. Um, Everyone listening, that's not how it actually is. (laughs) Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, all of us have a really common experience. And that's something that we've gotten feedback on in Womb Tang is like a lot of these chicks have had that experience. They're like, I'm always out with my boyfriend and his friends, or it's always the guys. And then they ski with girls for the first time. They're like, this is the fucking shit. Like, oh my <laughs> God, the way that you learn, the way that you progress, like, like neurologically as well, the way our brains are conditioned to like approach, uh, you know, learning a new trick or trying a new hit, the way that we uh apply information and absorb information in those environments it's completely different to dudes it's like guys are like just freaking send it you're like yo i kind of want to look at like the takeoff and the landing first is that okay is that okay sick yes that's another huge thing it's just like the way men and women look at fear is totally different and i was actually in some ways by only having like male coaches and male friends to ski with kind of limiting myself because I thought I should be skiing it and going about it the same way as them. And it is totally different. It's like, yeah, let's, let's look at it. Let's session something. Let's work together to try and improve. And I just didn't realize that that's how it is. And so skiing with women is so refreshing in that way to be like, Oh my gosh, we're looking at this feature in the same way. And it's absolutely okay. If we look at it now, we come back another run and then we hit it together if we're feeling like it. And that was another thing that definitely was huge for me when I figured that out, that my brain was processing fear differently than a lot of people around me. That's actually supported in the research though. They've done mountain bike (laughs) studies where they, they did figure out just that, that the reason why a lot of women progress better in all female groups or all with female coaches and, and that sort of environment is because they respond better to sessioning, to looking at something, seeing someone else do it, then being able to try it themselves and having that whole process of rationalizing it and visualizing themselves doing it and seeing that it is something that they are capable of because they're watching someone that's just like them do it as well. And then that's what gives you the confidence to then go and do it yourself and then try it again, but do it bigger. And having more of 
a structured way of learning it works better for women is what they're finding in these studies, whereas men can operate a little bit more on the like one-upmanship model mm -hmm. where they see their bro do it and they're like, oh, well, I'm going to do it now. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think it's that, less rationalized. <laughs> yeah. I think that like information also applies to representation because um, you know, like only seeing one chicken ski movies or that like, you know, Jess Kamira, did you watch her new movie, Learning to Drown? I didn't. Oh my God, Addie is so freaking good. It's like, like tear jerking. Like it is probably one of the best snowboarding productions I've ever seen. It was so good. But everything that she's done for women in snowboarding is kind of on the same level. And like when she first entered the pro snowboarding scene, she was shredding as hard as the guys. Like she did, I can't remember what the trick was. It was like a, man, I am such a noob when it comes to naming tricks. This is embarrassing. Um, but she she did a trick that nobody had ever done in a ski movie before. And then she won like best new part, all these different things, but she was shredding as hard as the dudes. And she recognized that there had never been a space made for girls before, but she was the only one in all of these productions and then moved on to make like her own movie um, that was dedicated to like the uninvited, like the chicks that never get invited to the parts to like progress and X, Y, Z. But like the lack of representation when we were growing up kind of fostered and supported those belief systems that we don't belong. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I, I feel like uh, definitely fighting for a lot of things right now and trying to be loud about things in the outdoor industry. And one of them is definitely just better representation for women. Obviously, we've come so far, but we have a long way to go. And beyond that, like all sorts of different types of women, the girl who is wearing a black on black kit, because there's nothing wrong with that. And the girls who are wearing a full face of makeup and curling their slut strands, I'm a big fan of curling my slut strands, and are getting after it and just showing what women are capable of and that we can do anything while being authentic to ourselves, which I think is absolutely amazing. So you said like you've been kind of breaking down some of those barriers to representation and you've done some really cool stuff on TikTok lately. We shared one of your videos it was awesome. Um, it did really well on our platform. And it's kind of talking about like how you don't have to fit that image to be a skier, to fit in with everybody else. It's not about being one of the boys. Like you maybe want to elaborate on that video and your messaging a little bit. Yeah. So a few months ago, I made a TikTok video and it was actually a poem that I wrote, that I wrote called Advice for Girls. And it's pretty much just about a whole bunch of things that it took me too long to learn as a girl growing up in the ski industry. And I really am just trying to put it out there, the things that I've learned, because I want the next generation to hear me talking about it and to skip over all that step with all those limiting beliefs and just let themselves be themselves. So I guess I can read that for you real quick. Um, yeah, so sure. Sure. Um, <laughs> it's advice for girls. Be loud and confident. Show them what you're capable of. Stop saying sorry and start saying don't underestimate me. Wear makeup and take selfies. Wear black on black or pink and teal or both or neither and wear your hair the way that you like it. Help out other girls. Push each other to improve. Be vocal about things that need change and fight for representation. Stop pushing yourself too far and start saying I need a break. Don't ever ignore your gut feeling trying to impress others and don't put limits on yourself because girl, you are capable of so much more than you think. Well, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> In my innards, that's a really weird way to put it. But you know that feeling? Does anybody know that or is that just me? Renee, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's like gives you like goosebumps almost. Yeah, I was like, fuck, where was this poem when I was 15 and nervous as <laughs> shit on the ski hill? <laughs> I was like, I needed it so bad. <laughs> yeah, it just, it, it felt great when I figured this out, just like to how to put everything I've been feeling and experiencing for the last like seven years into a whole bunch of words for other people to listen to and to think about and just super happy about it and obviously I, I don't write poems I'm not what are, what are people who write poems a poet a poet a poet a, <laughs> lyrical such a, genius, simple a single mastermind sorry anyways, yeah <laughs> not a poet but I am a skier yes and I'm super passionate about all those things and 
it I I guess I could say it gained a little bit of traction amongst like the female ski community which was super exciting and because I'm super passionate about the things in it and I guess we can talk about some of the things I talk about in it and one of them is things that I really hash out is the idea of being girly and I create a whole bunch of Instagram and TikTok content about this recently um but basically like growing up I thought that if I was if I was to dare to wear makeup or pink or something like that skiing, that it was somehow going to make me less of a skier, less respected. And I really, really thought that and feel like in the last two seasons, I've really broke into the like, oh my gosh, it's okay to be feminine. And that is what I am. And I love wearing girly colors on the ski hill and having my hair curled and have absolute respect for people who wear makeup skiing. And as I started like making content about this, it's been really obvious to me how many girls in the ski industry seriously hold that limiting belief that being girly makes you less of a skier. I get comments all the time saying things just like, I refuse to trust the ability of someone who spends this much time on their hair. And you're like, oh my goodness, this is crazy that people actually believe this, even though obviously I once thought that as well. So I've been just trying to be like super loud about that. Like, hey, we can wear makeup, we can curl our hair, we can be whatever the heck we want to be and still absolutely badass skiers. And obviously for me, that's like being super feminine while I'm skiing, but I have absolutely a ton of respect for girls who their authentic self is wearing a full black kit or anything along those lines. My point that I'm trying to make is that you can just be absolutely authentic to yourself and it has nothing to do with your skiing ability at all. Fuck yes. First of all, fuck that guy. Who, where did that comment come oh, from? Oh, those comments I get are from women for sure. They're not from guys. Ooh, internalized misogyny. That's <laughs> yes. a freaking doozy. And like that's, yeah. We're just that's just guilty. the point yeah. yes we're just like we guilty. all think that in some way or another and I'm just like really trying to break that stereotype it's like yeah yeah wear pink screw it wear whatever the heck you want let's show this next generation of girls that it doesn't matter so they don't have to go through that process of thinking that it does yeah, yeah. I yeah. I think like deconstructing that on the female end is just as important right and it's like, I've caught myself having very misogynistic thoughts before, like towards the way that somebody looks or what makeup they're wearing when we're mountain biking. And it's like, I, we're conditioned to think that because we're taught in the industry through popular culture and messaging, uh, like norms that femininity is weakness. So anything associated with femininity, i.e. taking care of your appearance is not appropriate. And that's like, everything that you said is so spot on. And that was a huge factor that went into the branding of Womb Tang was like taking back the concept of femininity or expressing your sexuality from those in power. So from the group that is uh, dominant, which would be masculine, like male, white, cis, heteronormative. And it's like, fuck you. You don't get to tell me what that means in this space. It's like, I get to decide what it means. Yeah, and absolutely. Contrasting it. It's like, I remember I flew to Australia for a boy, don't do that. Anybody listening who's young, never moved to a country for a boy, stupid. Anyways, didn't work out and we were going climbing. And I remember I came out of the bathroom and I just had like a little bit of mascara on and he like totally shamed me. He was like, why do you have makeup on if we're going climbing? Like, that's ridiculous. And I was like, I didn't know what to say. I was, I was way younger back then. I think it was like 23 or something like that. But it's like the whole thing, like I would hide getting ready before I went skiing because I, I was embarrassed about it. I didn't want somebody to know that I put on a little bit of concealer because it made me feel better. I felt cute. There's nothing wrong with feeling cute, okay? Yeah. In every space. I feel so cute in my ski gear, like so freaking cute. These girls were complimenting me. I was like, thank you. It's like, <laughs> I feel my best. <laughs> yeah, but deep down, we all at some point have thought that, yeah it makes us if we're perceived as being girly less or yes. that people just, yeah, which is absolutely crazy to me. And I think that leads into like 
a little bit more of those limiting beliefs, which are, I think for me, I had issues thinking that I needed to be like when I was out skiing with the guys, like quiet and following along, but not being loud or letting my opinion be known. And I found myself, the huge thing is apologizing all the time. Sorry, I can't keep up. Sorry, I didn't hit that cliff. Sorry, sorry. And I think that I also want to break through those and just be like, yeah, you can be, as, you can be loud. You can be a lot. You can be anything that you want to be. And you do not need to apologize for not keeping up. And you do not need to make excuses for not hitting the cliff that you weren't comfortable hitting in that moment. And you just like really need to be in tune with yourself and focused on doing things that you're comfortable with and when you're confident doing them. And that it really doesn't matter what the people around you are thinking or what you think you are supposed to be. Yeah. Cool thing my therapist taught me because I'm really bad at taking compliments. I would use like finger guns and like an Elvis Presley accent, but like, fuck y'all. <laughs> she was like, no, no, we need to work on that. And I would also apologize so much. She was like, I want you to replace sorry with thank you. So it's like if somebody waited for you rather than be like, sorry, I'm slow because it's taking responsibility and positioning yourself as like the weak, whatever. It was like, thank you for waiting for me. <laughs> or it's like, you know, that's just, awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's a great way to kind of take power back in that situation. And, um, you know, like I'm 28 years old and like even skiing with my boyfriend now, even though I've worked on all these things, he's so freaking fast, X street racer, aggressive dude. And he just like, sometimes I just get frustrated and like, I'd rather ski with somebody that's at my ability level where we're cruising side by side, but he's just like gone. And then I'm so hard on myself because like, I can't ski that fast. Like I just can't. And it's like, I feel bad and I have to like keep checking myself. So like, it's a constant process to rewire our brains from what we were taught to believe about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And but. I think we get stuck in either that cycle of beliefs or one that's telling us that like we can't ski as hard as the guy, like, like almost expecting less from ourselves, uh, which can lead to like making excuses for not doing something you're absolutely capable of because you think you can't. And I think that that's a, a huge thing to kind of break through as well is that we can do a lot more than we think we can. Fuck yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. I'm curious. As you got into free ride, and did that impact at all for you going from being that one girl always skiing with the guys to now, like one of the big things for me is I finally met girls that skied the way that I wanted to ski. Because you were saying before the girls with racing might not necessarily go free riding with that group of guys, but now you meet all these other girls who do free ride. And how did that impact how you felt about yourself and the other girls and starting to shift your own kind of horizons? Yeah, absolutely. In the past few years, like being able to ski with more just lady shredders has just been super eye-opening to help prove to me what like we can do, what we're all capable of which is absolutely amazing. And it's been super fun too, to have like all the girls around me like cheering me on and hyping me up and be like, oh, we got this, let's do this. It's just like such a different environment to be in now, the space that I am in where we're all pushing each other to improve and helping each other and just being like absolutely kind. And for years, I thought that if I was in this group of girls skiing like that, that we would all just be trying to outdo each other and like silent and trying to one up each other. And that's just like, not how it is at all. It's just not that way. Instead we're, we're helping each other. We're hugging each other. We're lifting each other up and together we are proving to everyone that we are capable of so much more than anybody thinks and just absolutely changing the game. And I love it. Do you have any advice for girls who maybe haven't done a comp before, but might be interested in it? Like, what is your pep up? Like, you can do this, enter your first comp, like, you got this kind of little, little talk. Yeah, I think 
anyone who can ski the face that an event is on absolutely should try it if they want to because if you're going to get from the top to the bottom you're going to have a good time and there's going to be a whole bunch of girls who are absolutely stoked for you and it seems super intimidating but i promise that the group of girls in the free ride community is welcoming and once they know who you are like you will become like family and it doesn't matter how anybody does in the competition itself. Like everyone is just happy that we're there and getting after it and breaking stereotypes and showing the world that we can be badass skiers. Fucking right. I couldn't believe how welcoming that like girl zone was my first time. It was just like, I don't know. There's something unique about it when you feel it and yeah I think uh everybody should push themselves to meet other girls and you know if there is a womb tang faction in your area see if you can hit them up and find some other chicks to ski with I even said that to my boyfriend's brother's girlfriend last night because she's learning how to ski and we were walking away and I was like I was like so how's skiing going she's like it's so overwhelming she's trying to learn with her partner who's like an ex-ski racer as well and I was like, you know what? You should come and ski with the girls because learning how to ski with your boyfriend is fucking miserable. And she was like, oh my God, I know. Thank you for saying it. I didn't know how to admit Yes, I've definitely felt that in mountain biking recently. Yes. real hard to break into a new space. <laughs> Me too. I learned how to like relearned how to mountain bike this year with my boyfriend's friends. And they were all so aggressive and intense. And I was coming out of a concussion halfway through the summer. And like, I cried. I cried a couple times. I did. It was not cute, but I did it. <laughs> it was not okay. Yeah, but I guess that's kind of interesting right now with me and mountain biking. I've recently started getting into like the free ride side of mountain biking, which there is like hardly any women in, which feels super similar to when I was like first getting into free ride skiing, feeling like I was like the only girl in a male dominated sport and like had determined what that meant for me with all these limiting beliefs. And now kind of doing it all over again with mountain biking has been like kind of refreshing because I just show up and there's like 25 guys hitting jump lines. And then there's me and I'm wearing a pink shirt and my pretty goggles with my hair curled. And I'm like, I can do it right this time. Like, this yeah. is who I am. I'm going to show you all how it's done. I'm not going to let any of you decide like how many of these jumps are for me and what I can and cannot hit. I'm just going to go, I'm going to do it and everything I feeling confident about, like, I'm just going to go for it. And it just has proven to me that like, if we can help the next generation of girls grow up in skiing with the mindset I now have in mountain biking, like how much of a game changer that can just like be just to start confident without anything keeping you from being as successful as you want. And I think it's super powerful. So that's why I really want to make sure that all these girls know. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And you're doing yeah. that with your content and like your poem spoke to so many people when we reshared the, like the, the video that you made. And I'm sure people that hear it today are just like, damn, I like needed to hear that when I was younger. And it's not just like, it's not just your, um, it's not just like the ski industry. It's the entire outdoor industry. Like I learned how to skateboard oh, at yeah. 26 years old. And I got to say showing up as the only chick with all these 16 year old little nuggets and these scooter kids that are like 12 and swearing words. I didn't even know at that age. I'm just like, <laughs> what mm -hmm. am I doing? But I like wish that I had the confidence and those vibes and the culture to push me when I was younger. And I hope girls can grow up just with like, I don't know. I mean, I swear a lot, my dudes, but I'm like, fuck you. I'm here. I'm doing it. Let's go. You Absolutely. Know? And you say it with such mm -hmm. passion too. Like, I just like really hope people listening to this will feel it because like, I feel it right now talking to you, how much you care. And like, you just really, really, really want people to have a good time. <laughs> That's Absolutely. what you're about. And like the girls, this will make them want to go out there, get after it. The guys, it'll make them want to support their girls to get out there, get after it. And I, I just like really think it's a good message. And you have a lot of like really important things to say. And I love the way that you just like get it all out there. Like, you, yeah. <laughs> 
Are you blushing now? <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. So you are like the the representation and the young voice that like this is what needs to be normalized, right? It's not trying's hot. That's one thing we preach. Trying's hot. Showing up as yourself is hot and you know, having that voice, especially on platforms like TikTok that appeal to a younger generation. I'm old. I like TikTok, but I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's like, yeah, hopefully you inspire more girls to speak up. Um, sorry, Renee, I cut you off there. Okay. <laughs> Usually it's the other way around. I interrupt Tori so I can get a word in. Addie, <laughs> no. right. tell people where to find you where they can get all your sweet content and anyone you want to plug any sponsors you have etc yeah of course so you can find me on instagram and tiktok at addy underscore jacob send and addy is spelled a-d-d-y and definitely follow me on both because this is the kind of stuff i'm making all my content about like just trying to raise my voice and break the stereotypes in skiing. And then I guess one of the things I want to plug is my number one sponsor. I absolutely love Kari Tra. They make amazing face layers. They make amazing outerwear now. And they're speaking up about these exact same issues. Right now we're running a campaign uh, called Girls Will Be Girls. And it's all about breaking the rules. And so their rules are things like act like a lady and don't wear pink and don't raise your voice and expect less. And we're just talking about how we're absolutely destroying those rules because they are not real. They do not exist. And we are capable of so much more than we think. I'll say that over and over and over again. Um, then I also want to shout out, I am the Nardashians. I'm working on making an all-women ski film with a really rad group of ladies. We call ourselves the Nardashians, and you can follow us on Instagram at the.nardashians. And if you head over to our Instagram page, um, we're following all of the girls in the film, and I have good things about, to say about every single one of them, so you want to head over to that page and follow all of us. And then in the Nardashians bio there is also a link to a gofundme if anyone is interested in helping fund the rest of our film we love that and yeah can confirm nardashian girls are sweet <laughs> i know i know a Absolutely. bunch of them from competing so it is going to be yeah. a good time i'm pretty excited about all of it yeah, we can't wait to uh, support you guys when that releases and let us know what we can do to help kind of push the word too. We would love to help with that. So yeah, girls absolutely. for girls, the freaking Bob, man. Absolutely, um, that's what I'm all about, making an all women ski film and talking about this kind of stuff. Yes, that is yeah. big stick energy <laughs> wrapped up. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on today, Addie. We're really stoked to see what you get up to and how you continue to kind of you know, break down those barriers and push this message. And it sounds like you've got some really cool shit coming up. So yeah, we're stoked to see what happens. Me too. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. Um, thank you so much for listening today, everybody. We'll see you next Monday. <laughs>